Paging Dr. Seiler. Paging Dr. Seiler. If you're feeling run down, tired, exhausted by the daily drip, drip, drip of your life savings draining away, the Stock Doctor's Prescription may be right for you. The Stock Doctor's Prescription will give you the ease and peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best possible information. Do not use Stock Doctor's Prescription if you're allergic to Stock Doctor's Prescription or any of its ingredients, including but not limited to wisdom, research, critical thinking, thoughtful discourse, occasional fart jokes, drinking references, drum solos. Side effects of the Stock Doctor's Prescription may include unwieldy wealth deposits, previously unknown relatives, groupies, extended comfort in your retirement, and swelling. The Stock Doctor's Prescriptions are available at Walgreens, Apple iTunes, and everywhere the better podcasts are available. And right here, this is the Stock Doctor's Prescription. everybody and welcome to the stock doctor's prescription i am lee seiler also known as the stock doctor we have justin we have jared and we have nikki in the house and we have a lot to go over because we were just talking um before the show actually started and we're talking about what's going on in the markets and let me just give you some insight as to when we are actually recording the show so of course this is a either saturday or sunday depending on where you're listening to us from and we are recording it on Thursday morning at approximately 10.15 a.m. So the markets have had a rough couple of days, all right? And let's and putting it mildly, and we've had a nice little sell-off, which is okay. And there's a couple reasons why we've had the sell-off. First of all, a new variant comes out, and yesterday, yesterday was Wednesday, the market started out with a rally because the day after Thanksgiving, we had the, like, one, a horrible day after Thanksgiving when the markets got absolutely pelted, you know, and keep in mind, we've had a really good year. We really have. We had one really 5% pullback. It doesn't back. matter. The, the, the sky is falling now. The sky is falling. Well, that's what people think. And that I hope you don't exactly think that. That's exactly what I had called all day yesterday. Well, I mean, we have to understand. This is what we as financial advisors get paid. We get paid to weather the storm. And this is what's happening. For those of you that think that, like Jared said, the sky is falling and you're considering maybe selling everything because this Omicron variant is going to spread through North America and there's going to be shutdowns, then you probably shouldn't be in the market. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can assume that kind yeah, of risk. If this don't. is that unsettling to you. You shouldn't be in the market. That's the thing. If it's that, because we've been to this movie before. <laughs> we saw the market pull back about 6% when Delta came out. We saw with uh, this new variant, we've seen about a 4.9, call it 5% pullback in the major averages. And, uh, and Russell, a little bit more, which is small caps. But these things happen. But it's different this time. <laughs> I knew that. Someone they, was going to do it. As they always say. And it's never it's, different this time. It's never. It has never been different this time. I've seen this over and over and over. Maybe it wasn't about a pandemic, but it was always something. I was at work the day, September 11, 2001. Sure. I've seen this play out before. And well, it's not different. Well, look, this, is, uh, this came out of South Africa. And the doctor, Angelique Coetzee, told the BBC on Sunday that the patient's they've seen thus far had extremely mild symptoms, extremely mild symptoms. The WHO said it's going to take a few weeks to actually see how this thing run its course and, and check out the either diagnostics and the therapeutics and vaccines, but it is extremely mild symptoms. And 
they say it's nowhere near as strong that I've seen so far as the Delta variant. Yeah, it'll take a few. It'll probably take a month until we know a lot more about it. But from preliminary, I do think that, yeah, it's probably going to be a little bit more mild. But it is more viral. And it's probably going to be passed just like Delta was, where it probably will bypass a few of the vaccinations. Yeah, but, but, but one thing is we have here is we have a lot more folks that are vaccinated. And I hope that a scare like this may get more people vaccinated. Sure. People that were on the fence, you're going to have the non-vaxxers that are not going to get vaccinated no matter what, unless they have to travel outside of the country and they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. But then you have the ones that maybe were on the fence, weren't sure about it. So you know what? And I think we're going to get some of that. And look, I, I relate this to, and Justin, you had mentioned, you know, you were in the office. I was in the office on 9-11. Yeah. I remember when 9-11 happened and the effects short, a few years after that. I remember going to the airport Two, three weeks, I traveled after 9-11 when the airports opened back up, and there were armed guards in the airports. That was the biggest it was like, shocking. surprise. Yeah, to see what, you know, these, these I don't know, I'm not a gun person, but to see machine yeah, guns machine in the guns. airport, sure. that so was weird. Ghost town, ghost town as well. Nobody was traveling. Right. So, it, Nikki, you, we were in, I was in fourth grade. Shut up. I was in first grade. I'll were punch you in, you in the face. Well, <laughs> that's what I love about this office, though. We have... A bunch of different age age (laughs) ranges going through. But the point I'm trying to make is people were scared at first. As time went on, we got used to taking our shoes off, going through metal detectors. We didn't have any of that. I mean, literally, it was none of that stuff. Let's just think about what we were hearing from people at the, you know, very, very, very worst part of the beginning of the pandemic about big cities. Right. There's going to be a max, mass exodus of people leaving these big cities. New York City is never it's, coming it's back. It's dead. It's yeah, never Manhattan coming back. Manhattan is dead. Yeah. Right. We saw it come back after September 11th, and it came back. And it's right. coming back now. People say it was going to happen uh, after the coronavirus. But now things are selling in Manhattan. Uh, prices are up. Home prices are up. Uh, I, they're high-end real estate market is actually way up right now. You're so. never going to keep New York down. You're never no, going to keep no, these major so. cities down. So anyway, it's it's Thursday morning about 10.20 a.m. and the Dow is rallying. Let's see if it holds. It, it did do this yesterday. Could not hold. It's up 415 points right now at 34,437. Keep in mind, the Dow has shed about 2,000 points from its high because of this. Mm-hmm. The Nasdaq's down slightly, down four at 15,249. The S&P 500 is uh, up 34 at 4547. When you look at some of these stocks that have been leading the way, I mean, really the big tech stocks had been leading the way. Apple until this morning has been up. Now, yesterday it hit an uh, all-time high. And last week when we spoke of Apple, we talked about it on the show. It, it was coming out of a cup and handle formation. I went over what the measuring implications meant and where the next target on Apple was. And it measured out to 168, 170. It hit 170 and change yesterday, but then closed down 53 cents on the day. Never a good thing when you have a big rally closed down for the day. But, you know, Apple has been extremely strong. You've, you've had Amazon doing okay. I mean, those big fang type companies are still hanging in there. It's the high multiple unicorn type companies that are going to struggle here in, in a climate like this that have no PE ratios right I feel like just any any of those fan companies are going to do well right now especially with Omicron just being in the news people are going to go back into what they feel is a safe haven uh, for them which is tech stocks right now because people are going to be going probably back I don't want to say that it's actually going to happen but I feel like more companies will go back home right now 
Well, I think that there's there's opportunity out there. I mean, this we have seen Disney, for example. And again, anything anything we talk about on the show, it's not a recommendation from us, okay? We want to make sure before you act on anything, please consult with somebody if you have an advisor. If you don't, we encourage you to consult with us. All you have to do is call the office 407-831-8002. But Disney, since September, it hit a high of 187 in September. It's down to 145 and change. We talked about it yesterday. I mean, Disney is a broken stock, not a broken company. Absolutely. And what's happened is the concern about Disney Plus and not, not growing as rapidly. This is not, a, yes, all right. Yes, it has a streaming component. This is not, I still don't think of Disney as a Netflix. No. no. It's not a streaming company. That's My parents not, are at Disneyland right plan. now. My oh. parents are at Disneyland right now, having a great time. Apparently, it's in packed. California. In California. Yeah. Apparently, I'm going it's to Disneyland. packed. Well, they've, those. Those guys haven't been able to go for right. I mean, how long was how long was Disneyland closed for a long time? I mean, Disney well, World or Orlando had been open way. I mean, right, I, yes. of course, twenty five percent capacity, then fifty. But my point is that there's opportunity out there, and you have to take a look at what's going on around you. Maybe have a real sharp advisor that can help you say this is not the end of the world. This is probably just a little blip in a long term upward trend. You know, I think we have way more problems than that next year. I mean, this is the least of our, our worries, I think, because I think this is going to be just nothing, a, a minor version of Delta, in my opinion. I think you just hit on it, Lee. Like, you have to have a sharp advisor that can take advantage of these downturns. A lot of people will say that, oh, I, I watch the stock market uh, doing your daily job as well. Yeah. Like, can you watch the market on a daily basis all day? Look, like we, you do. Like, when I come into your office, you're watching the op- you're watching the market uh, we look for opportunity. We look for opportunity. We look for disconnections. And we've made our most money when the markets and the individual stock are disconnected. Blood in the streets. Exactly. And, uh, you know, even Warren Buffett says you buy when there's blood in the streets. And that, to me, is is a, a good a good way to find some entry points. And Everyone loves a sale except for when it's in the stock market. Exactly. It's not a mm-hmm. sale at that point in their perspective. It's more of like, oh, my gosh, I lost money. Right. Look, things like wind resorts. You know, they have some other issues going on, but still, it's you're buying, when you get win at these levels, again, not a recommendation, at 80 bucks, you're getting Macau for free. Mm-hmm. They're Macau properties. That is free at $80 because Wynn Resorts is worth 80 bucks without Macau attached. Now you add, you're paying 80 and get Macau too for free. Fire sale, everything must go. I mean, look, the any of the travel, any of the leisure stocks are getting absolutely pounded. This mm-hmm. is not going to be a long-term thing. This is going to be probably short-term. I have more concerns about uh, the Fed Chairman Jay Powell, who now has has got the, the nomin- yeah he's got the nomination, and I was wondering if once he got the nomination, was he going to change his tune? And now he seemed in his most recent speeches a little bit more hawkish. Now hawkish is synonymous with bearish, mm-hmm. right? Dovish is synonymous with bullish. So in in Fed terms, hawkish is a little bit more bearish. So it was a little bit disconcerting that he may be speeding up this tapering process. Yeah, the accelerated tapering and retiring the word transitory indicates that the focus is now on inflation rather than employment. That's what that worried me is or taking the way, away the word transitory, even though he didn't mean I'm it. I'm glad to get rid of transitory. It. Listen, I'm still upset that we didn't get to do our drinking game. Mm. We had ample time and we wasted <laughs> we it. Did. You know what though? If we did, if we did a shot every time somebody in CNBC said transitory, we would, we would have been hammered <laughs> every day by noon. And alcohol. had alcohol poisoning. Alcohol poisoning. <laughs> it would be about 10 o'clock. 30 minutes of the market open. <laughs> Everybody that came on CNBC was talking about transitory. Look, I, I, I believe, this is my opinion, my opinion only, I'm not speaking for the rest of the, the group here, but I think that wage inflation is here to stay. I think the rest of it, eventually, 
when the supply chain gets worked out, which it will, and that's the one concern about a new variant that maybe that supply chain mm -hmm. takes longer to work itself out. But I think once that supply chain gets worked out, we're going to have wage inflation. So the days of one and a half percent inflation, two percent, those are probably over. We probably start seeing now two and a quarter, two and a half, two and three quarters more more frequently. Here's where the supply chain kind of becomes an issue because China can lock down their country and they've done uh, you've obviously seen it they've done it before and that's where most of these products are coming from and that's where a big deal of the supply chain issues come from if if uh omicron becomes an issue china will lock down their country and we will probably see a little bit more of an issue with the supply chain not just from the u.s side where yeah. obviously la has problems with uh truckers and, and port. shipping porting coming in but you will see a lot of lot of people that cannot get their products out of china because they are locked down the aaii bullish bearish sentiment is the most bearish we've seen since last year at the, at the peak when the, the government shut down not surprising so what that tells me is that we're really close we're in oversold territory we're really close to the market turning around again remember seasonally december is always most of the time 78.5 mm -hmm. percent of the time is a really good month However, the beginning just... It's not of, always that great. No, it's, it's just the kind end of the stagnant. Month. So that's what we call the Santa Claus rally. So we come back, though. We have more to talk about because we love to talk about Elon Musk every week. There's <laughs> Elon always something. Elon loves that we talk about I, I, First of all, I'd hate to be working for that guy. Ugh. Uh, I, don't, I dislike him anyway. Uh, we're going to talk about what you should know about year-end capital gains and, and tax loss selling and required minimum distributions because there are some big penalties if you don't do the right thing there. So you are listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here on the Florida Man Radio Network. Don't go anywhere. We are coming right back. Are you losing sleep over recent market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? Let's face it, if you're at or near retirement, you can't afford to lose 40% of your nest egg like so many did in 2008. On one hand, you want safety and guarantee of principle. On the other hand, most people prefer the potential of higher growth by being linked to the market. Now you can have both. Principal protection during market downturns and desirable market-linked growth during upturns. When the market goes up, you go up with it and your gains are locked in. And when the market goes back down, you're guaranteed not to lose. It's that simple. If you like the idea of avoiding market risk but earning more than a CD, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002. We'll keep it simple. We'll teach you time-tested, proven strategies to help grow your income and keep your principles safe for retirement. To get started, call Siler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002. Welcome back. You are listening to The Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm The Stock Doctor. We have Justin Kenny in the house, Jared Bocard. He calls himself the fiscal therapist. <laughs> here we go again and our mega millennial miss nikki ward and we were talking about the the market and and what you know there's a lot of investor psychology that goes into our job behavioral finance yeah i mean we are you know oftentimes we have when things things aren't bad now no but last march 2020 at the end of the month people wanted to seriously you know there jump off some, a ledge there were some question marks at that point for sure step into my office Sit down. Yep. We are Lay behavioral down. therapists. That's pretty much what we do. Exactly. So again, if if you're out there thinking, oh, maybe I should sell now. Maybe this is the big one. 
Like, Lamont, it's the big one. No, that's not happening. If you're ever thinking that, that means you should probably have a financial advisor because you're trying to time the market at that point, and right. nobody can time the market. It's what, Nikki? It's time in the market, not timing the market. There you go. There you go. All right. So let's talk about uh, one of our favorite people. Well, I'm not going to speak for you guys again. I, I just I dislike him. I would hate to work for him. I, I think he's brilliant. I give him his kudos and say he's absolutely a brilliant person, but... The way he handles things sometimes may not be the best way. Questionable. He could use some behavioral modifications. He sure could. Some coaching. Uh, and of course, we're speaking of Elon Musk. And he's always in the news, for always for every week for something different. Whether, you know, a few weeks ago, he uh, he talked about that he didn't have a signed deal with Hertz when Hertz said, wait a minute, they're delivering cars. Maybe it was a handshake deal. All right, I'll give him, I'll give him, okay, I'll give him a, a pass on that. Then he had the Twitter poll. Should I sell, sell my stock or not? Yes or no? Does he like me to, come on. And that was BS. His brother sold the I'm day gonna do before. It anyways. Yeah, he did it anyway. And every that time is he the sells. the only thing I hate about him, how he can literally just manipulate markets. He does he manipulate the He manipulated Tesla at that point. Traded. It's not his first I time. No. Freaking hate, I hate that so much. Well, this time his target was on SpaceX the company, and employees. Elon Musk described a dire situation with SpaceX development of Raptor rocket engines. And he said this the day after Thanksgiving, nice holiday, <laughs> in, an, in a company-wide email that, that a company which obtained now, CNBC got this note, but the Raptor production crisis is much worse than deemed, than uh, seemed in the last few weeks ago. Raptor engines power the company's Starship rockets with Musk adding that SpaceX faces, quote-unquote, Genuine risk of bankruptcy if we cannot achieve a Starship flight rate of at least once every two weeks next year. I don't think threatening your employees with threat of bankruptcy, which is not the first time that he's done this, is a good motivational tactic. No. And so, first of all, they need, in order for these spaceships to go up, apparently... To they, orbital launches. So yes, they they need they've been testing them in the facility in southern Texas, but apparently they need as many as thirty nine of these Raptor engines per rocket, and they're not making it. So, supply chain problems. I don't know what the reasons are. Are they? These are reusable. Yes, and, that's the goal. Okay, so are these the boosters? Or are they the actual? I think these are the engines that take the whole rocket ship up. Oh, so, that's a problem. Yes. I don't well, I mean, know. how many, how many, <laughs> how many rockets are we producing to support this? You know what I mean? Like, don't they have a pact or not a pact? I, that's the wrong terminology. Don't they have a contract with NASA? Yeah, they, they do. do with this. They mm-hmm. do. Like, so how is bankruptcy? A, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't. I would, I would unless they to. are hemorrhaging money. I don't understand. Well, they are. You know, they got to be hemorrhaging money, but and they're the, reusing boosters. Well, Why are they hemorrhaging money? But because they have no money coming in and they're just using From all the their NASA capital. contract? No, no. They're not they have no revenue coming in. They're they're going through NASA money, they, sure. No, mm-hmm. I know, but they're still shooting up uh rockets with yeah. other private companies that are putting up uh satellites and Look, stuff. I, I can't imagine what the cash burn is on a company like that. Seriously. A qua- what that. a quadrabajillion. A quadrabajillion is adjusting this. He's, he's coined that I, phrase. I feel like they probably have money coming in. Yeah, that being said, yes, I'm sure they're hemorrhaging money, but um I feel like there's Pretty much one of the only companies, as long, along with Blue Origin, that are sending up satellites. I don't imagine people to the International Space. Yeah, well, Starship so is a, are, it's a massive. Besides Russia and China, so, like I don't, they are the ones that they're only ones. It's but, a massive next generation rocket, and it's um, 
is developed to launch cargo and people on missions to the moon and Mars. And the company is testing prototypes, their facility in Texas. But again, my point is, is that he has to, why? Somebody muzzle him. Yeah. That's the point. Right. A leader is someone who is supposed to deflect credit and accept blame, not put it on his employees. Well, I think that that's sort of like one of the the traits of people with Asperger's is that you don't really have a He has no filter, right? You have no strong grasp on things that should be said and things that, you know, shouldn't be said. I don't mind that with him. At least he just tells it like it is. The problem I have is he tells it like it is and manipulates markets. Right. I think they should be, the, the SEC should be finding him more than $20 million. It's well, like telling it from his vantage point. It's not the way it is, that it I don't really mind. Is. I don't mind that. And like I said in the past is that I, I don't own, and Tesla's our number two holding for individual stocks for clients. I own it personally too. I don't own Tesla for Elon Musk. In fact, I own it despite Elon Musk. Right, right. Because he worries me as a shareholder. We talked about this, gosh, what, eight months ago about how he yep. would worry it. Yep. All right, well, you hear the music. It's queued up. I see the arms in the air. Jared, you're getting much better. All right, now you're on time. Very good. But when you hear this music, you know it's time for the Millennial Moment with our favorite Megalennial, Miss Nikki Ward. Nick, what do you have for us today? We're getting back to basics. Okay. So it's the most frequently asked question by clients of all ages and generations. How much money should I have saved for retirement? The answer has a lot to do with when you plan to retire and the type of lifestyle you want to have in retirement. But I think that something to just flip your mindset is from how much should I have saved to how much could I save? The general rule is a recommendation of 15% of your income each year since age 25. But if that feels a little, you know, maybe you're past the age of 25, you're never too old to start. And a more typical pattern is for people to start saving 6% in their 20s and then ramping that up to 15% in their 30s. And you should aim to replace about 70% of your pre-retirement income in retirement. So broken down by age, ideally by 30, you should have the equivalent of your annual salary saved by 43 times. So 30 years old, Mm -hmm. you make 100,000 a year. Hopefully within your retirement accounts, whether that's your 401k and IRA, Roth, other employer. What about other savings? Is that inclusive in that number? So this is strictly for retirement okay. purposes, but I do have a little, a few other things about saving just in general coming up. Because 401ks certainly have more of an advantage than somebody who doesn't work for a company that has a matching program. Right. Absolutely. And, and you never want to leave money on the table. So whatever Absolutely. your employer matches, at least be putting that away. Okay. So by age 40, you would like to have three times your income, six times by 50, eight times by 60. And then this is projecting that 67 would be your full retirement age, 10 times your income. So, you know, no matter how old you are, no matter how much you have in savings, you can get started with the fundamentals. So it's important to balance your short-term savings goals. You know, there you should have at least three to six months on hand in an emergency fund for expenses or a job loss, things like that. I mean, we've seen that with COVID. Kind of sure. talking about like money marketer savings accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, high yield savings yes. accounts online are a great Which option. Are, are obviously not doing well right now. Well, but I mean now, especially this last quarter with inflation has been as much mm-hmm. as it has been, you are really significantly losing money on that whole deal. Yes. Right. And you, I mean, you want it to be relatively liquid, that three to six months mm-hmm. okay. emergency fund, but it doesn't need to be, you know, locked up in a CD. You know, you can put it somewhere where it's going to earn you some money so that way you're not losing purchasing power because of the fact that inflation is a heightened risk right now. I would just 
say make sure it's in a savings, not just checkings account. Yeah. Because at least you're getting a little bit back mm-hmm. uh, off that. Uh, obviously, it's not going to keep pace with inflation at all, but at least you're getting a little bit. Just don't let it sit in savings. Or right. Don't checking. put it on your mattress. Yeah. Right. I think the most important factor here is if you're fortunate enough to work for a company that has a matching program mm-hmm. that y- you need to take advantage of it. No doubt. Because it's free money. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to vest over a certain period of time, it doesn't matter. It's right. free money. And then, you know, you have to think about was, I remember when I was 25, I was just getting started in this business and I could never dream of putting 15% no, away. No, right. There's no way. You got to start somewhere and that's the thing. And then just, you know, if you start, whatever your budget will allow for you to put into savings, whether that's 3% or 6%, and then just ramp it up by 1% each year. I think a key thing that that people miss out on right now is that especially, especially the younger you are, if mm-hmm. budget around this, make the, the space. You should pay yourself first. And automate it. That was my next point is that if you just set up the direct deposit from the day that your check hits your account and then it just moves into a savings account or into you know an individual account for a brokerage, whatever the case may be. But if you automate it, out of sight, out of mind, pay yourself first. But actually, a lot of 401ks right now will automate it where it's 1% year over year. Increase it year nice. over year automatically. Yeah, I've seen uh, you, I like you that. Actually, a lot of them, you have to turn it off because it will do it automatically. That's I great. like that, the nudge uh, theory. Yes. So, and then my last point though is debt. So debt robs you of your income. So I think that the debt avalanche method is most advantageous. So it means that you make minimum payments on all your outstanding accounts and then using any of the remaining money earmarked for debt to pay off the bill with the highest interest rate. Get that down, then tackle the next highest. Okay, that's very, very good advice from our millennial in the millennial moments. There you go. All right, Nick, go ahead. Wave those arms. Dance break. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Can 2022 Millennial Moment have a soundtrack change? No. This is your that's your thing. This is your jam, Nick. Do you not hear me every morning pulling into the parking lot blasting this? Yes. I gotta get it's pumped. your jam. It's your jam. Before we go on a break, let's uh, take a listen to a question. By the way, if you want to ask us a question, you can either call it in 407 407- 831-8002 or you can email feedback at stockdr.com feedback at stockdr.com we had a listener question kathy from lake mary asks if you're getting tired of seeing your portfolio go up and down it, it seems like on a daily basis what should you do my portfolio has done pretty well but it makes me very nervous that I can lose what I have gained and that's a good question we were talking about that earlier all the calls I got yesterday yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you, it, again, if you can't stand the heat, you should stay away somewhat from the kitchen. Jokingly, stop looking at your statement. I mean, yes. don't look at it no, every single day. That's statement's not okay. a good yeah, idea. Don't look at your, those your apps account, every day. Right. Look at quarterly. You want right. to know what's going on with your portfolio, but. I just, if, I'm sorry, Jared, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to state the importance. Most of the people, especially you and your, your set of circumstances, a lot of the calls that you got were people who are dollar cost averaging into their mm-hmm. accounts. And I think that the lesson that we have for people is the importance of understanding that when the market is volatile, when it is down, your dollars are going so much further. You're buying right. so many more shares and you're reaping the benefits of that. So the, the panic of, oh, I need to get out doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're about to retire. Remember, based on history, the market's always over the long term go up. That's the key, long term. So in your, in your case, Kathy, if you are 70 years old, 
and are going to start needing or drawing money off of that, or you're going to need to very soon, then you probably should stay somewhat away from the kitchen and maybe have a 30-70 portfolio, I mean 30% market, 70% fixed income. But if you are at a, at a young age that you need, still need growth, you can't, and you have the time and the patience, you can't worry about the short-term gyrations in, in the market. Nikki has a few great one-liners, but time in the market, time in the market if you're if kathy if you're young please just stay stay through the ups and downs stay the again, course stay the course uh, again the s&p averages over about between nine and ten percent year over year mm-hmm. that's an average that is not year over year it will almost never do a nine right. ten percent rarely average. it will go up 20 30 and it will go down Maybe 10% down. I think this is also a point that when you have a financial plan and you have someone that is the steward of that plan, when these occasions arise, when the seas get rough, you have someone who brings you away from the emotion, brings you back to logic and says, this is why we're sticking to this course. This is the long-term goal we're trying to achieve. And it's easier to not let those fluctuations freak you out. Not to mention the fact that that steward of that plan knew this was going to happen. There is no question mark here for the steward of right. that plan. That's why I love the phone calls. Like we go back to what the plan is and then, oh, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right. we'll be okay with that. So Kathy, I guess the moral of the story is here. We don't know your age. We don't know where you are in the life cycle. But if you are still in the accumulation phase, meaning you need more money for retirement, this is probably just a very short-term blip in a long-term trend. And we'll go back to say that we don't know where the next 20% is going. Could be up, it could be down, we have no idea. But we do know over the long term where the next 100% in the market will be, and that is to the upside based on history. So Kathy, thank you for the question. Again, feedback at stockdr.com or call the office 407-831-8002. Don't go anywhere. The Stock Doctor subscription is coming right back. Here is a quick list of things that you do not need in a financial advisor. One, they do not need to be in the tallest building in town. Two, they do not need to have a one-size-fits-all program. And three, they do not need to have a zombie apocalypse survival plan. Here are a few things that you do need in a financial advisor. One, a firm that takes their fiduciary responsibility to heart. Your success is their success. Two, Custom-built portfolios, not cookie-cutter. And three, the ability to use stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds to make the right combination of security and investments for each client. Let the stock doctor and his team give you a free portfolio checkup. Call at 1-888-855-2855. That's 1-888-855-2855. Free financial review, no obligation, for all clients. Except for zombies. Zombies are on their own. Welcome back to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm the Stock Doctor, and we are, you're listening to us, actually, on the Florida Man Radio Network. Up in the panhandle, it's Saturday. In Orlando, good morning, Sunday morning. Sunday fun day. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday fun day starts off with us from 9 to 10 a.m., and in the panhandle, we're 2 to 3 I think central time zone. So uh, anyway, we were before the break, we were talking about uh, we had a question, Kathy and her portfolio. And again, let's let me give you I'll give you a quick market update. But, you know, the markets are still hanging in there. So we don't know where it's going to close today. And again, I'm not really that concerned where it closes today. It doesn't matter to me because you have to think 
more long term. But the Dow is uh, is up about 394 points. Keep in mind, it's about 10 till 11 on Thursday, December 2nd. So it's uh, almost 400 points to the upside. The Nasdaq is down a little bit. S&P is up a little bit. So, you know, I'm not that displeased with what's going on. But uh, J.P. Morgan thinks that there will be some modest gains in the market next year. And I think that's where we're going to have some problems. I think next year is not going to be as robust. But they still see earnings growth. And they still think that will drive the market. Their target is about 50, uh, 5,050 on the S&P. This was as of a day ago. So it's about 9% from here on continued robust earnings growth as the labor market continues to to get get bigger and more employment. And uh, the companies are flush with cash. So, so this second Omicron case just got reported in Minnesota. So we'll see what happens to the market today. But Minnesota. This is another- it was the, it's a resident who traveled from New York City. So that... There's probably cases in New York as well. Well, of course there is. If you didn't think that Omicron this was going to hit the United here. States, I've got a bridge it's to sell our, you. It's our, it was already here. That's the thing. Like I feel in like, every state, it's already here. I feel like who cares? And I'm not saying that to be insensitive. I'm saying that because Delta was going to hit, and mm-hmm. it did. And Omicron is, was going to hit, and it is. And and it, I disagree. I think people who have pre-existing conditions who are susceptible to this think I would be very worried if I was. Yes, my mom is going to become a hermit yes, I, once I, I, again. Because yeah. okay, that is, but that is what's worrying. Happen, what's going to happen is your mom is going to become more of a hermit because she has you know, right, an issue a, that's keeping right. her from, from and, being out there. And then as time sort of unravels, we're going to find out that you know, hopefully this virus is becoming less and less severe. Mm-hmm. Severe, Right. And I don't mean to be flippant, but I, I kind of agree with you as well as the who cares. It's that we knew this was going to happen. There are measures to protect yourselves, whether that is through, uh, you know, the, the antiviral treatments that we've developed, the mRNA right, vaccines, right, if it's the boosters, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, I mean, I, mean, I just don't want to be a part of the machine making it so yeah, I sensational like it's just, here everybody just get used to the idea that it's here it is here let's yeah. move on but i just i just there are people that are going to feel like whenever another oh, yeah. variant comes out it's going to be oh my gosh they've yeah, got a notification is, well, just, on their just phone just in case we were confused you know the reason that you get a flu shot every year is because the flu mutates every year yeah that's why so we need to get used to the idea that covid is going to be the same uh, CEO Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, mm. has stepped down. <laughs> CEO of Square, now Block. Yes, now Block. So Square is now Block. <laughs> but um, there was some news out there that Kathy Wood likes the story. And Kathy Wood, of course, of uh, the founder of Arc, we talk about her on a weekly basis. Um, My Woman she, Crush Wednesday. Yes, and she's bought every day. like 1.1 million shares of Twitter, TWTR. And uh, it's on the heels of this news. She thinks that she looks at it as a, as a major verification service. And, you know, because you have to be verified, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't, I don't have a Twitter. but This is also for the NFTs. The yes, verification. the verification for the mm-hmm. NFTs, which she thinks is going to be a big market, which I have no idea. She's also bullish on Twitter Spaces, which is uh, live audio conversations. It's rivaling Clubhouse. I don't know if you guys have no. you all have heard of it. Just on a side note, speaking of NFTs, there was a virtual real estate deal the other day, $2.4 million. Somebody bought my farm bill? Yes, essentially. <laughs> oh, geez. Virtual real estate. Wow. $2.4 million. Why? That has I, to be money laundering, right? 
I, I don't understand it. Somebody, there's an idiot out there. I don't there even know where to start. That has to I don't be even money know. laundering. Two point three million dollars for something that you don't get to have. Oh, exactly. This sounds like a good conversation with Jesse. Oh my god. Anyway, let's move on because we're gonna. This is the last segment. I want to get into something that's very important that Justin's going to. Yeah, I mean, look, these days, be aware that you're going to be getting capital gains on most of your open-end mutual funds, okay? And those capital gains come in literally in the next week or two. So, Justin, there's one thing that you have to, some advice you, you go over every year, yeah. that if you have a, a taxable account well, or a non-qualified account. Yeah, let's just paint the picture. Let's say that you have a, a, a your dollar cost averaging, for instance, into a mutual fund directly with the mutual fund company. That's something that I encourage people to do sure. under, under most normal circumstances, you know, especially if they have a retirement plan that they're already funding through work, maybe a small IRA that they're funding separately. You know, this is a really, really common way to get started investing. Okay. So my issue that I have is that I come to the the, the end of the year now, and when you are on a non-qualified basis or putting money directly into an investment like this, if it's a mutual fund, for instance, there comes a point where they've had profits throughout the year that they've taken, and they have to spend those capital gains out to you as the shareholder. So we just saw the market get, you know, clobbered last week. Yeah. Under some circumstances, people had just bought these funds and they're down and now they're going to get spun off a capital gain that they're going to have to pay taxes right. on. And, and they is, didn't even get to take in the upside or the reward. And this is based exactly. on legacy they're, holdings. Exactly. So it's it's something that the fund manager has done throughout the year. They're, they're paid to take profits. It, yes, but here's the other thing is that just, I guess... The story is here that you don't want to all of a sudden take a position today. No. Mm -hmm. Unless you go out and do some due diligence, make sure the fund's already paid the capital gain or is not going to pay a capital gain if you really want to own the fund. Right. But you can actually buy a fund. Like a great example, last week you bought a fund in a taxable account that's probably going to pay a capital gain. You're down and you're going to pay taxes on their capital gains from legacy investments. Exactly. On their capital gains, something you didn't even reap the benefit of. So here's a few things. One, this is not talking about IRAs or any retirement account. Right. You do not have any of these. They're tax deferred. Now, this is where it's going to get fun for Robinhood people. Right. They all are going to have these taxable gains in their account. They Because they have no IRAs. I was talking to one of my friends the other day who has made a lot of money in their Robinhood account. And I told him, like, just make sure you're aware of the tax consequences at year end. He's like, what do you mean? I was I, like, oh I, no. I was sitting at the oh, bar the no. other day so explaining the wash sale rules. Yeah, so it's not even it's not even wash sale rules. It's not even what Jared said. Those are two big key components, but we've had people that we know who said, Hey, we want our child to talk to you about investing. They're they're mm-hmm. when I say child, they're offspring. Right. And we've come to find out that that, that offspring, that that you know, kid, for lack of a better term, doesn't understand that even though you have the, the profit. If they thought that if you left the money in that account, you didn't you have to pay, pay taxes. taxes on it. Mm-hmm. Uncle Sam would like to have a word with you. Right. Well, and it's, we're, we saw that last year when the kids were at home and trading on Robinhood. You're going to see more this year. It's going to drive accountants and CPAs crazy. Yep. Because we have 85 pages of transactions that are basically in and out, in and out, in and out. I mean, it's going to look the CPAs. It's going to drive them crazy, but they're going to raise their fees. Now, the other thing you have to be aware of, if you are... RMD age, I mean, required minimum distribution, which Absolutely. they changed that last year to 72. Right. Mm-hmm. What's the... So actually, it's a date. Let's say turned 72 this yeah, year. No, say. it's it's actually a date. If you were born um, on or before January 1st, 1949, okay. 
that's sort of the cutoff date. So if so you, you turn 72 this year, if you turn 72 this year, you're going to have, and I don't understand this, just pay attention to what I'm saying. You're going to have until April 1st of next year to take your first RMD for this year. Okay. Okay. So if you turn, if you turn 72, I, I and I want to say that's actually June 1st, it's six months into the year. Okay. But either way, so you're going to have, because it's your first RMD until April 1st, which why it's not tax day, I don't know. Right. But this is from the IRS's website. But here's what's critical. If you don't take an RMD. If you miss. If you get you, whacked oh, in it's penalties. Not, it's not just whacked. If you miss it. an RMD, let's say, for instance, you're supposed to pull $5,000 out of your IRA this year. That's your required minimum distribution. That's your required minimum distribution. The tax penalty, if you miss it, is 50%. Then you're going to be taxed at your income bracket. On the entirety. On the entirety. So on that $5,000, $2,500 is going to go to the IRS as a penalty because you forgot to take your RMD. And then you're going to pay taxes at your income bracket on On the total amount. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are working diligently with our clients at RMD age that we're making sure that this gets done. And it's, it's really... It's the client's responsibility to say, hey, I want to make sure I get, but we are trying to back them up and give them some kind of a, a just a backup to say, hey, you didn't t- take it yet. You need to take it. I think, right. oh, sorry. No, I, like I said, I'm getting one of my tax licenses now. It's fun looking at this and realizing how much people don't realize what they're doing with their taxes. Yeah. Uh, that's why you have somebody who does it for me. What uh, really gets to me about this whole thing is that we wind up running into the situation where we find that, that, you know, a new customer who came to us because they needed help had not been taking their RMDs prior to us getting to them. And it's like, my right. goodness, like what in the world who, and they're at an age range where, you know, and that's the thing when you get older, slipping. Things you slip forgetful, but you cannot forget this. You, you don't want to. And two additional bullet points, bullet points to this is that this is only in reference to qualified accounts or retirement accounts, right? as well as the fact that you need to be on top of this stuff and make it automated so that we, you enroll in a program and right. you just get it sent every year. You don't have to take it from every single qualified account, but you have to take the entire sum from one of the qualified sources. That's a good point. So let's say you have four IRAs. It totals out the, oh, you need to get 20,000 in RMDs. You can take it out of one account. Right. You don't have to spread it out amongst the four. Just that money has to be out and you have to show the IRS that, hey, that 1099 is issued and you have to get that done. And there's also some other stuff that, you know, we like to talk to people about in person when it comes to this. Under a lot of circumstances, we have customers who don't need the RMD, but they're forced Mm -hmm. to take it because R stands for required. Right. Uncle Sam wants his tax revenue. You have to take your RMD. Now, if you don't need it, you're still able and, and, you know, compl- we encourage, no, you, you're still able to open up a Roth IRA, pay the taxes. If you're working, if mm-hmm. you're working, if you have earned income, right. To open up a Roth IRA and then defer money into, or put money into the, the Roth IRA. But most people at 72 rate. aren't working is the issue. So just come talk to us. We give you a bunch of different scenarios to where we can figure out which is best for you. And get that money working for you. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we do the financial planning so we can give you an absolute roadmap as to where you need to be or where you want to be. How to we get can, there. We can tell you how to get there. And this is uh, and the numbers don't lie. Uh, Nikki and I sat down uh, with a client just the other day, two days ago for a review, and we had the whole financial plan up on the big screen and we were mm-hmm. showing them this is exactly and, and they're on track and we right. update those numbers every year. Schwab has done multiple studies. If you have a financial advisor, you average three or four percent more per year than people who don't. I mean, numbers don't lie. No, 
They Numbers sure don't. don't lie. They sure don't. So we encourage you to give us a call at the office, 407-831-8002, 407-831-8002. Also, you can email your questions, feedback at stockdr.com. That is feedback at stockdr.com. You've been listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here on the Florida Man Radio Network. We will catch you next week. Have a great rest of the week. 